0: Thank you, and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. Hello, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and today we take another journey in studying the Word of God and seeking to just provide a word, a refreshing word, a word to you, letting you know that God is for you and that He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. In your worst times, in your worst matters, that's where we find grace shows up. Grace shows up. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. One verse, he said, "I'll be one. Said, I'll be with you to the end of the age, or the end to the, of the world." So let's go now to the book of First Kings, chapter seventeen, and we're going to talk about grace over facts. Today, we're going to talk about grace over facts. And most of us, the things that we are, we concentrate on is whenever we're hearing a story, or even in the uh, even in court, they want to hear the facts. But there, we know that we as believers. Must learn to live beyond or above the facts, because we all face facts. When you go to the doctor and you get a uh, get a diagnosis that is contrary to what you're believing, or contrary even to what you want, um, it is not faith to say that uh, you got a you got a, a determination that cancer is present. That oh, I don't have cancer. Uh, yes, the the facts are you do, but we know that grace says that by His stripes. We were healed. So we will hear a lot of things on the news. We will hear things from family or friends. And and the bad report will come. But we know. Uh, we don't deny facts. But we know that we have a Savior that will operate above facts. Operate in the supernatural. And that's what I, I, I'm driving toward. Is that in the, in the body of Christ. And in, if we are part of the family of God. We have more. I know the world is in chaos and many of our lives, we, you know, we've, we're having the aftermath or the fallout from COVID-19. It's like a nuclear explosion hit some countries and, and, and many families where we personally have experienced family members dying and, and being affected. And maybe even yourselves, you may have uh, suffered or are suffering with COVID. But I want to tell you that we today have a Savior. God is not dead. He's yet alive. His word is true. And I want to tell you that truth will trump over facts. It will trump over facts. And we're going to study today again, and uh, start today in uh, the book of 1 Kings in the Old Testament, chapter 17. And we're going to talk, read about, uh, first, about Elijah as he dealt with a widow woman. And we're going to see how that they dealt with the facts, but yet knowing that the word of God if you can get a word from the Lord, that's the most important thing that you, we'll, we can ever possess within ourselves and why I've learned to stress in preaching and in teaching that we must know the word of God and have that in our heart and meditate on it so that in times of crisis, that's when we need grace because grace is there. And we know, and as I said earlier, grace is Jesus Christ. Grace is a man. Grace is a man, and his name is Jesus. The book of John says that uh, the law came by Moses, but faith came. Jesus brought forth grace and truth. And what we are preaching on today is, and teaching on today is, do not allow the facts to deny the truth or to deny grace. 1 Kings 17 verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, and said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And I won't go all and onto the backstory of what was happening with Ahab. But Ahab was an evil king. He had God had forbidden the kings of Israel to uh, marry into the nation that surround them, because he all, he, he he knew that the king, the heart of the king would be turned from him to serving. The gods of uh, of those who were not of the of the children of Israel, they served Moloch and and uh, and and Dagon and many of those many of the gods that the others served and that dwelt around Israel, they believed in uh, and they sacrificed their children. They had all manner of of, of illicit and and vile behavior, and they did not serve the most of all the true and living God. And because of this, uh, the Father always told the king and told Israel in particular, do not marry into, do not intermarry into those who surround you because they will take your heart and will take your focus from me and you will begin to focus on other gods as you can say that even for us, many of us today. We may not serve Dagon or all of, these, all of the other things that they did in the uh, Old Testament but many of us, we serve our jobs because we believe that uh, this is our, my focus. I've got to provide for myself. But in reality, our jobs are supposed to be our seed. Provide us a seed so that God is our provider. So that our Father will pro- will show us that he can provide for you so much better than you ever have. He is the provider. That's why I see one of the names that the Jews called him was Jehovah Jireh. Our Lord God, our provider. That's what Jireh means. He's more than enough. He's a God that provides more than enough. And so, here in uh, the book of Kings 1, uh, 17, chapter, 1, uh, chapter 17, verse 1, uh, Elijah is speaking to Ahab because of the wicked things that he had done. He and his wife, uh, Jezebel, had, t- had taken the hearts of the people and had, dripped, had and had directed them to not serving God. And now, the prophet is telling them, that's going to be not dew nor rain. He said, because of your life, And because of how you have led God's people, then God said, it's not going to rain for a period of three years. So we see now that this is what has, because of the actions of the leader. And I want to tell you, bad leadership is a curse. Bad leadership is a curse. I don't care if it's the president of your company, the president of this country, whether it's a pastor or uh, whoever that may be, even a parent. If you have a person who is evil, who dry, who, who will uh, lead their children, will lead their company, will lead this country into not serving God, and who are opposed to everything that the Holy Scriptures speak of, that is a curse. Because it will take you away from your God, away from your family, away from uh, uh, the truth, and this that which God has established. And we find ourselves separated from the love that only God can provide, so again, this is what uh, this is why the prophet has spoken to Ahab because of he has, has, has rejected everything that God has said and has followed after the gods of the nations rather than the true and living God, and now the prophet has brought forth judgment. but let's see now, as God begins to direct Elijah. And we're going to skip down to chapter, uh, verse number 8 of the same chapter, 17, 1 Kings 17, 8. And then where the Lord came unto, uh, unto him, speaking to Elijah, and verse 9 says, And get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth unto Zidon, and dwell there. And behold, I have commanded a widow, a widow woman there, to sustain thee. Now the father saying to Elijah, I've made preparations for you. what you will need your sustenance the food that you will need uh, uh, to to survive I've got somebody already uh, prepared and provided again that's why we call him Jehovah Jireh because God provides and God says I've got a woman there she is is expecting you because I have prepared her heart that I'm sending a man that's going to come and you are to provide for him alright Verse number 11, verse number 10, whether. So Elijah rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, Elijah has the word. God is saying, I'm, I am I provided provide a woman for you, a widow for you, that she's going she's gonna, to uh, 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 sustain you. So what Elijah is looking for now is for a woman that is going to be, uh, <clears throat> is going to be obedient to what God has said, and is going to is going to uh be humble, because remember, this is a time of drought. This is a time of lack. This is a time that where this woman has, uh, uh, as we're going to read on, she's living in a time of lack and of poverty and of barrenness, but God says. there's a widow there and she's going to provide for you. So what Elijah's got to look for, he's got to look for someone who is a widow, number one. and Number two, who's going to be humble enough that when the prophet speaks, they're going to be obedient. Isn't that just like God? He looks for us. God looks for us. In the book of James he says, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourself under his hand. Allow God to make and mold you and yield to the word of God and yield to the way of the Lord and not your way. And when we do this, you will find prosperity, blessings, health, wealth, whatever you need. And not just the prosperity of money, but life is so much more than money. It's so much more than what you eat, what you sleep, where you sleep and what you put on. But it's relationship with God, relationship in family, relationship with your wife, with your children. It's so much more than just having money. And when you we today, when we hear uh, the preacher talks about prosperity, we've got to put our put ourselves, our definition, get it off of the uh, uh, the ground level and rise up to God's level. God's level speaks of more. He speaks of of going not only to you. But to your, your children, their children in another generation, God speaks of generational blessings. So that Because when you know God, when God is, is, is in your life, when you allow the Lord to be Lord and his Savior and God and his King, you establish a trust that God says, Yes, I can trust Jim. I can trust Susie. I can trust uh, 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 Mary. I can trust Sam. Because they will obey my word. They will teach their children. And their children will teach their children. So then the blessings of God abides in their house. Why? Because they are humble humility resides in them. And again, going back to this story about uh, Elijah and the widow woman. Elijah is looking for humility and obedience. And the widow woman is looking for provision. Because the scripture says, God says, I prepare. But let's keep reading on. In the 11th verse, uh, he says, go and fetch me, uh, um, I'm sorry, verse 10 says, fetch me water, i pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she, as she was going to fetch it, he called to her, and he says, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in your hand. And she says in verse 12, as the Lord liveth, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. But a handful of meal in a barrel, a little cruise in a, uh, and a little oil in a cruise, a little oil in a uh in in, in in a barrel, and behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my sons, that we may eat it, It me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Fear not go and do as thou hast said, but make it make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after for thee and thy son. Now, can you imagine a preacher nowadays? You, we're in COVID-19 and the preacher says, I'm talking about a godly preacher. I'm not talking about some of the thieves that we know that will take all of your money and nothing comes out of it where they're, they're not looking to not only provide for you and them, but they're looking to gather all they can can what they get, and then sit on that can and and, and away with you. They didn't have n- no feeling for the people of God. Those what Jesus called ha- a hireling. A hireling only cares for themselves. They'll look to they'll look to the make you as merchandise. And so many of the people of God have been deceived, and as I said it prior. Bad leadership is a curse. But this man of God said, Because he had a word and because he had relationship with God, he told she told him all what she didn't have. She said, I just have a little. I'm going to make this. I've been gathering these sticks. Got a little, little meal, a little oil. Going to cook this for my son and I, and we're going to eat this and die. But what But what did the prophet say? He said, prepare for me first. See, the facts were, she had a little bit. I've got just enough for my son and I. But the prophet says, I know you have just enough for you and your son, but prepare for me first. Then you prepare for your son. See, he had already spoken faith to her because it took faith for her to say, okay, everything I have is in my hand. I'm going to give it to the preacher. I'm going to give it to God. But see, what's been left out of this was the Lord saw her heart. He knew that obedience was there. He knew that humility was there. And because the father saw it and because the prophet recognized it, he gave her the word. And see when the word of God goes out, it cannot return void. It's going to profit wherever it has been sent. And because the prophet said, "You feed me first, then you eat." He was speaking favor and provision where there was little. And because she did it, we're going to see a great breakthrough. All right? Let's keep let's, let's keep reading. In the, in, the, in the 13th verse, as the blessed prophet has said, um, he said, Therefore, make me cake first, bring it unto me, and after, make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the crews of all fail, until the day that the Lord sent his rain upon the earth. And then what the scripture says, it says in the 15th verse, She went and did, according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. What a powerful scripture that, a phrase she said, she went and did. And many times that's what God, the scripture says in, in the New Testament, uh, says faith without works is dead. It means in the book of James. Faith without works is dead. So she had to act. If she would have went inside, cooked that piece of bread, and cooked that meal and and all and made that little cake and ate it first and said now I'll take it to the prophet and see what's left and and she would have cancelled out her provision she would have cancelled out her miracle her miracle she would have ate her miracle because the cake and all was a seed she had to sow that seed to the prophet in order for provision to come to her and again that's where the fact said this is all I have but the truth said, because the truth came from the prophet. The prophet said, if you feed me first, you'll have food. And then he went on to say, you're going to have food until this, uh, until this drought is over. And what does the scripture say? It goes on to say, look, she did eat because she was, she was humble and she was obedient. Then it says she ate many days. I say again, do not allow your circumstances to cancel out what the Father has said over us. The book of Deuteronomy 28 says, we shall be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You shall lend and not borrow. And many of the uh, the people of God said, well, that's Old Testament. But see, I will say to you, the curses of the Old Testament, Jesus took all of them. Because if you read that 28th chapter, uh, I think about 10 Uh, verses talks about the blessing that will come on the children of Israel if they obey God. But there are 20 plus verses that say, but if you don't obey, these curses shall come upon you. Well, see, Jesus became the curse for us. The word of God says, as Jesus was hung on that cross, the scripture says, cursed be he that hangeth on the tree. So Jesus became our curse. So there are no curses that can come on me now. Ain't no curses that can come on you as a believer. No curse. I don't care what witch. I don't care what prophet. I don't care what prophet lie come to you. You cannot be cursed as a child of God. Now what you can do is open the door for the, for Satan to come in. When we walk in disobedience and, can, and walk in sin, and we continually do those things which are contrary to the word of God, and you step out of grace, and you, uh, not, I'm sorry, not to step out of grace. But when you, you, when we open that door and say, "Okay, Mr. Satan, I'm gonna come over here. I'm gonna do this and that and the other," and father, and the father said, "No." The scripture says, "The wages of sin is death." You're bringing death on you when you practice sin. But when we walk in truth, that's when you walk in grace and you walk in Jesus. Jesus said, "The truth shall make you free." The truth shall make you free. Let's walk in it. And this woman of God was blessed. This widow was talked about in the New Testament. Jesus spoke of her. He said there were many widows in Israel. But the prophet only came to this woman because she was humble. And because she was obedient to do what the prophet said to do. Let's go over now to the book of Luke, St. Luke and we're going to see a New Testament version of what I'm talking about, Uh, having grace to supersede uh, facts, having truth supersede facts. And we're going to go to one of the worst situations you could ever imagine a man in, in St. Luke 23, verse 36. Are you familiar with St. Luke? This is the time when our Savior is on the cross. He's not going to the cross. He's on the cross. And And just to set this up, As we get ready to end this talk today, in the 23rd chapter of Luke, around the 36th verse, Jesus has suffered all night long. He had been beaten. The hair had been pulled. They pulled his beard out. They beat him so that they stripped the skin off of his back. He was so weak. They had to get a bystander. I believe it was Simon of Soreni, a black man. They had to get him to carry the cross for him. Because he had been beaten and had been scourged uh, uh, with a cat of nine tails. He had been dead, crushed a, a, a crown of thrones upon his head. And now he's laid down on this old rugged cross, had nails in his hand, nails in his feet, hung up. Now, during the heat of the day, he's suffering. And he hears the very people that he came for. They mocked him. They sought to torment him. And and here he is. Savior of the world. And that's why I said earlier, if you looked at him, not knowing who he was, the facts would say, what manner of man is this? That all of this, the people will come out and mock him. I wonder, and you see his mother there, a bystander, not knowing all that surrounded who and of who he was, and they didn't know because they knew who he was. They would never have put him on that tree. But the facts said, "This man is cursed," because the very Bible says, "Cursed is he that hangs on a tree." Jesus became our curse, as I say again. But the very facts said. It's over. His disciples, as as many of them, they they walked away from him. The whole crew, Peter, John, Peter denied him. His disciples fled. Many of them stood afar off because they could not. I could just see their face seeping out of him. As the blood ran out of him, their face saying, I followed this man. I gave up everything. They gave up their businesses. They gave up. Uh, uh. Uh. They. They. They time, the very prime that most of them. They were young men. They were three years in their prime, their, their prime money making time. They gave it up, to follow this so called savior. If you look and you let the facts color your mind, that this is not the son of God. It can't be. Let's go now to uh, Saint Luke twenty three thirty six. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. And saying, if you be the king of the Jews, save yourself. And his superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. In three different languages. They wanted everybody to know. This man, who, who you call king, who called himself God, the son of God, who said, I am my father of one. They wrote this in Latin, in Greek and in Hebrew it said, "This is the king of the Jews that's in the thirty eighth verse the thirty ninth verse says and one of the malefactors and these malefactors one of the those who one of the thieves one of the crooks who were uh, uh, they were Jesus was crucified in between one on one side one on the other one of them said, which was hanged." railed against him saying, if you be the Christ, save yourself and her. In other words, he said, you've made all these, made all these, uh, uh, all these thoughts you put out talking about you the son of God, you the Christ, you the anointed one, you the one who's king of Israel, you are the one that's uh, born, of, born of God, you chastise the scribes and Pharisees so you let you know <laughs> he being a thief he knew what Jesus had said. He said, if you be the Christ, save us and yourself. Come on, show me something. You see, this is what the world and what many of us did. We said, I want to see. What's the saying from those from Missouri? They said, uh, you got to show me. I'm from the, got friends from Missouri, uh, Missouri that say, I got to see it. If I don't see it, I won't believe it. And they were imprisoned by their five senses. By what they, they can't hear it, see it, taste it. Feel it? Touch it? I don't believe it. Because they can see the facts. These are all the facts they could see. This man is saying, you're suffering just like I am. You might as well be. A, if you didn't kill, steal, or, or go out and commit adultery or fornication, you didn't use drugs or one of those things, you should have. You didn't even enjoy life. And here you now, you're hanging up here just like I am. It's as though you did it yourself. And guess what? He took all of that on him. He was doing that for him. But they couldn't see because of all the facts was blinding them to who Jesus really was. And many times our facts, our pain, our lack, all that we, we, we don't allow the grace. This is what we have that they didn't have. Salvation wasn't, wasn't uh, uh, the, the Christian and, and the salvation experience wasn't going to be complete unless Jesus hung on that cross. He had to go through all of this so that I could be free. He became bound to that tree. Love kept him there because if he did not have love, he would have come down. But the book of Hebrews said, for the joy that was set before him, he looked beyond what he was going through. He had to shut down the voices that was in his mouth saying, Come, in his ears rather saying, come down. Show him who you are. You said you're son of God. You said you are all that. Come on. Show me something. That's what they were saying. Show us something. And you know what? If he would have flew down and, and stood there, gave them an out-of-body experience, they still wouldn't believe because their hearts was waxed, gross. They were covered with unbelief. They had spoken against him so much. No matter what he did. Their hearts were cold and hard. Let's wind this up today. And then. In the 40th verse. But the other man answered. Rebuked him. Saying. Don't you not feel God. Seeing that you are in the same condemnation. It says all three of us up here hanging. Everybody's suffering. And you got the nerve to condemn this man? The 41st verse says, And we indeed justly. In other words, he says, We deserve to be crucified because of what we did. But he says, For we received the due reward of our deed. But this man hath done nothing amiss. So in other words, I'm hanging here. I'm not one of his followers, but I can see it. He was able to look and see this is my hope. See, he was looking for provision. He began to speak and said, and he said to Jesus, Lord, 42nd verse, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now he's looking, see, he's doing something that most people aren't today. we look for provision now. Well, if I don't get this job, God, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and do, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do. A girl gotta do what she gotta do. A man gotta do what he got to do. I know old boy's hanging. He said, "If I ever need it, I don't want to go that way, Jesus." But if I gotta go, I gotta go. Well, I know I'm gonna go, and, and 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 you know, I know, I know, I got somewhere to stay. Old girl told me, "I know I'm in the church now," but you know, gotta do what I gotta do. When you when you give yourself a way out, you're what the the Bible calls double-minded. It says, the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You're in today, you're out tomorrow. You believe today, you, 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 you're in doubt tomorrow. I'm going to stand for God, but you cuss cussing and fussing the next day. All of us have weaknesses. All of us have a place that we need to got to stand up in. But Paul said, as he spoke of the Corinthians, he told them, he said, you should be teachers. You've been in this long enough. He said, but y'all need milk. I gotta give you, I gotta start you back with the basics. The basics of loving God and loving others. Do unto others, you would have them do unto you. He said, I've got to take you back to the basics because your minds are overclouded with all of these things that you see. You're going by the facts. You're going by what you used to do. Well, I used to, I, I didn't have this much trouble before I got saved. I didn't have this many issues. Because you were in the enemy's camp. So you were no threat to the enemy. But because now you're standing for God and you're having some opposition, we find ourselves saying, oh, well, you know, I don't know if it's worth it. It's worth everything and more. The Apostle Paul said, these things won't even come to mind when, it, when we see Him face to face, when we go to that place. Heaven will dis time in life will not, he said, the form of things will not even come to mind. They won't even, you only remember what you went through. This time next year, whatever you're going through today, as you progress through it, you get to the other side. You'll look back and say, now what was, you know, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. But here's this man in the 44th, 42nd verse says, And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Verily, verily, I say to thee, Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Again, this man was looking for provision in eternity. Because he knew, he, I've just got a few hours to go. A few more minutes to go. And you read the rest of this story. You'll read how that he died. That Romans broke his legs. To prove, because the, the breaking of his legs. See, you could stand, they put a little, uh, uh, you see, on the um, on the pictures, you can see where they put a little star, but you could stand up, for so you could st- so you could breathe. But see, when they broke their legs, you couldn't catch your breath, so you came to where you suffocated. If you hadn't, they hadn't beaten you enough. If you hadn't suffered enough. If you had been ex- exposure didn't kill you, then when they broke your legs, then you would suffocate. I told you before the Romans were experts in torture but what did Jesus tell him I say to thee today thou shalt be with me in paradise and to wind this up don't let what you see don't let all the facts you see all the things on the news all the things that you seeing on, on the internet on Facebook and Twitter and all the other uh, uh, media sources put your nose in the words Find out what what the Word of God is saying about who you are. Because if you know who you are, no matter what you're facing, you will come out on the other side. There's grace in your circumstances. There's grace for what you're going through. And grace, which is Jesus, will come into your circumstances with you. If you're a believer today, whatever you're going through, Jesus is right there with you. He's looking for you. Humble yourself and let him guide you to your way out. He'll walk with you. Some things he'll he'll take he'll you he'll he'll take you over. He'll take you around it. Other things when you that you go through, he'll be right there with you, walking with you to the other side. I hope you got something out of this today. We go in prayer, Father. We thank you for this word. We thank you, God, for this beautiful day we're able to see. No matter what those who are listening to this broadcast are going through today, we know, Lord, that you are grace to take them beyond the facts and help them to walk in the love of God. Before we walk in love, we walk in faith, we walk in power. And where we are weak, you are strong. For you said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, my grace is sufficient for my strength to be perfect in your weakness. Thank you, Lord. Until the next podcast. Amen.